0: Welcome back to Sober Girl Podcast. Of course, I am Ashley, your host, and today I have Katrina with me. Welcome, Katrina. Hi. <laughs> so happy that we finally got this together, and thank you. I was sick for the past week and a half with no voice, so we had had to schedule it a couple times and I had to move it, so I appreciate your patience with that. So let everybody know what your recovery or sober date is, in whichever label you prefer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So
1: my like strict sobriety date is February 7th, 2022. Um so I'm a little over a year right now. I would say I've been sober curious since 2018. Um and I have gone on like I guess like spurts of 100 days and for some reason that was the magic number where I was like I can drink now <laughs> and it's just like quickly go downhill. Um so I'm totally sober, completely clean right now,
0: um, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. So at that 100-day mark, can you explain kind of where that thought was? What thoughts kind of came into your mind for you to be like, okay, <laughs> I'm done now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel like um, the term pink clouding, you know, in sobriety gets... I always when I ever I was like, Oh, I'm gonna stop drinking after 30 days. I was like, on a high I was like, I'm so cool. I can do this. This is great. Like, this is me. um And I was just really set that my life was so good without alcohol. And then I was like, Oh, I didn't like actually have a problem. Alcohol didn't actually affect me like I never um, have been arrested or like got a DUI or like anything like that. Um, so I was like, I can handle it. And then I would just have like one or two, and quickly that would spiral because I'm not the person that can have one or two drinks. Um, and it would, I, I it probably happened like four times. And it started off with me just saying, Oh, I'm allowed to have like a beer or just wine or just this or just that. And it would just, really heavily downfall.
0: So now do you consider yourself in those moments from what you explained it, it more seems like you were a binge drinker than an everyday drinker.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um because I really didn't have to drink every day and I didn't like drinking alone. I'm not one of those people that like hit it, I guess. I liked drinking with my friends or with people I liked. I've always been obsessed with like Paris Hill in 2000s and like Snooky and like all these people so I liked that party girl like image really resonated with me so I, I, I feel like that had something to do with it because I never wanted to have like a glass of wine with dinner um, or like go on a date and have a drink I wanted to like go to a club or a dive bar and drink till like three in the morning and make sure people knew I was drinking, and I was having fun, and I was so funny, even though in reality, I was definitely not fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so once we, once we get to that point, none of us are. Now, do you remember when you had your first drink, how old you were?
1: Yeah, I was 13 when I did. Um, My parents are (laughs) chronic partiers. They (laughs) are, like, I would describe as like functioning alcoholics. there's again no arrest, nothing it's It was very normalized growing up. They always had like the funnest parties growing up. They had this huge party every summer last year they had their last one, so they did it for like thirty years um so we had a fully stocked like bar of liquor in the basement, and then my dad's a bush light guy, so there was always like Bush or bushlight in our Bridge. um so when I I think I was like a freshman in high school and we were going to a football game something really cliche like that and I was like "Ooh, like let's be fun and like drink and it was like we mixed all this liquor in a water bottle it was probably it literally was poison and tasted like it <laughs> and that was the first time I ever had a drink and it's kind of interesting because even back then I never liked the feeling of being drunk or like the taste of alcohol I just wanted people to think I did (laughs) um so I don't know that was kind of kind of a weird like factor when I look back to those
0: moments do you remember that first time and like that first drunk where (laughs) like how you were feeling at that time or do (laughs) is it just kind of like no, I just kind of liked it and wanted to be doing what everyone else was doing. And I just kind of did that.
1: Um, I remember the first time being drunk. It was really scary for me. I actually got alcohol poisoning the first time I was ever drunk. Um, I was 14. I went to this party. I I don't remember drinking that much. I really don't. I mean, clearly I must have, but um, I was young and I was like a thin 14 year old, you know, and I remember drinking like, cups of liquor blacking out I woke up with like my shirt backwards in a bathtub I was wearing like two left Birkenstock sandals and I was on my way to CCD class (laughs) because I was Catholic and that's why I showed up at CCD class and I remember I'd like go into like our church bathroom and puke stomach acid all day and I was like oh my gosh like is this what it's always gonna be like and like after I matured with my drinking, <laughs> I realized, wow, that was like not a cool first time. But my last memory of that night is just taking a sip of alcohol and like, taking my shirt off and playing beer pong and like thinking I was so funny because I was
0: was like, walking around in a bra. <laughs> you feel like you were more fun when you were drinking than when you weren't drinking?
1: No, I feel like I just like, I had a desire to have to stand out and have people like me and be like, popular or fun or whatever word you want to say that is and I feel like even though I was never even though I honestly probably was those things in real life when I was drunk and people were laughing at me or with me or thinking it was funny when I chugged beers I kind of got that popularity and attention that I wanted um
0: yeah what was your childhood like being around those parties was that an environment where you felt comfortable when you did drink at that young age or did you know did anything happen your parents like how was how was your relationship with your parents stuff like that
1: um it was okay I guess when you're around it like I didn't think alcohol was a weird thing so I remember my friends being like oh your parents have beer in the fridge and I was like yeah like everyone's does and my parents I brought it up one time that I didn't like their drinking when I was young. I was probably like 11 or 12. And I kind of got backlash from that. And I was told, oh, my drinking's fine. Like, don't ever say that about me. It was kind of a, don't accuse me of drinking too much or being an alcoholic or all these things. Um, So I never brought it up to them again. I wouldn't say I was ever, like, extremely uncomfortable because my parents were very functioning drinkers Um, my dad had a corporate job and provided for us his whole life and my mom also has a job in the community um, that's very like it's a really respected job they never like missed work we were never in like financial crisis I wasn't abused or anything like that but it was it was just it was strange how normal it was because obviously something something happened that made me realize it wasn't normal <laughs> to be able to function while drinking all day.
0: Well, yeah, and I'm sure if you went to a friend's house and like their parents didn't have any beer in the fridge, you're probably like what the heck is this? Like why why yeah. is there why aren't these things here?
1: <laughs> yeah, we like had a joke and called it blue cans, so like if my parents had friends over they'd be like go get us a blue can. I was like, "Oh, your parents don't have blue cans? Like they only have Pepsi and juice? That's so weird." <laughs>
0: Now, what did you have a rock bottom type of moment when you did first stop drinking those first couple times where you got to obviously those hundred days?
1: Yeah. The first time I stopped drinking, I I've always suffered with like anxiety um pretty bad. And, and not really depression, but just anxiety. Like I've always been that's why I didn't drink alone, I think, because I was just scared all the time. Like, what if something happened? And I was by myself. And we went through my, I have two kids and my daughter's dad, um, wasn't around and came around when she was three after me going to him being like, Hey, let's do a DNA test and reaching out. Um, and he came back into her life and it was just so, I went out of my way to like get him back in her life. Cause that, that was the right thing to do was I was married at the time. So I, you know. I let my husband know like I don't think like we've talked privately but like I was like hey we really need to get a DNA test because if um uh, but if my daughter is not truly your biological child she deserves to know so that was a whole mess in itself it's probably like another 4 hour conversation um but her dad started coming around her dad's just not I I really I've been friends with him since I was 14. So I've known him, but she was the result of a one night stand. So I didn't ever picture my life with this person. I never wanted my life with this person. And now I had to coordinate him into her life. And that was just really hard because I I see like the good potential that he has. And I also see all of his faults. So it was just really, really hard. And I remember We went to a bar one time and it was a weird time too, because me and my husband were separating at that time. And I was like, oh, like she's his dad. Maybe I should try with him. But he like had a girlfriend. So it was just like a messy bar situation. I got blacked out. I just like screamed at him, screamed at her. And I just went home and I was like, oh, like my kids do not deserve this. Especially if she's already gonna have this messy life. Like they don't deserve a drunk mom. So I stopped drinking. And then I told my friends I was stopping drinking and they were like, it was so surprising because they were like, oh, you're not that bad. Like, you don't actually have an addiction. Like, they were comparing me to one of our friends um, that does have a, a pretty, like, severe addiction at that time. they were like, oh, you're not as bad as her. Like, you don't really need to, like, bring attention to yourself and say you're stopping drinking and things like that. Um So then I started drinking again. (laughs) And that was, I had similar conversations over and over where they kind of supported me into thinking it was okay to
0: drink. That's, I believe, because that happened to me. It happened to, I believe a lot of people who seem normal. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that's Like one, they're probably in denial Two, They don't want to lose their party friend. And three, they don't know how to cope with that situation. They don't like what, like, this is bad. And it's hard because if somebody said that they were going to stop Coke, those questions would not be like that reaction wouldn't be like that. So it's, it always brings me like to those situations. Like maybe I just need you to support, even if I wanted to stop drinking for 10 days, like I would hope that my friends would want to support me in that. Right. So it truly when you get sober, it really just weeds out like so many people because you realize who were your real friends who were just the friends around because you were going out and partying with them. And that's a hard thing to realize while you're also in this really emotional place. I agree 100%.
1: Um, Those same friends that like, were like, Oh, let's go out and drink years later when I like before my most recent, you know, one year sobriety mark when I was probably like drinking my heaviest They were the same ones that were like judging me and like calling me out when I was, I would call it going through like a mental crisis of drinking heavily every day, like doing all these things that just weren't healthy for me. And basically just all these like mean responses, like, oh, you're so trashy. How could you do this? How could you be this mom, this person? It's like so frustrating because I'm like, I loved you guys and wanted your support and I didn't get it. And now that I'm bad again you're just like pushing me away, but you guys are the same people that told me I was okay to drink and wanted to drink with me.
0: Does that make sense? Absolute sense. Absolute sense. Now, mm-hmm. do you feel like part of your decision to stop was because of your kids? Like what kind of mom were you? Did you kind of like just go out at night, maybe when you didn't have them? Cause obviously you said you separated. So your husband is the father or your ex-husband is the father one of the kids, so did you just do it when they were at their dad's houses, or did you have like a routine where you just like like mom wine culture where it's just like okay they're they're in bed, and I can do my thing now um no, I really did it when they were at their dad's, um
1: or if I had like my sister when my sisters sleep over so I could go out um i I don't I think it's been a few times I've had people over while they were there, but it was more or less like a barbecue vibe or like a movies and drinking vibe. I was never, to to my, from what I can remember, I don't think I was ever fully like intoxicated to the point of blacking out with them. I'm not saying that it's right that I drink out all in front of them because I think they are my best motivator. I think everything I do in life, I want to do for them. So we were also, I was a foster parent for nine years. So I mean, I love kids. Like I'm a kids person. So I think that um, definitely motivated me because I'm like, oh, there's all these kids that like, and these moms that just need help being sober. And like, I feel like I had kind of a space to work on myself and to be that sober mom and to like teach kids like being sober is cool. I'm still hip <laughs> um so I I guess yeah short answer yeah my kids are definitely my biggest motivator for everything I do in my life
0: now what for those few times where you got the 100 day marks what was that your recovery journey in those times like did you do anything or were you just like I'm just gonna stop cold turkey and just not drink So
1: I can tell you of each of them. First, I tried to go to AA and my daughter was young. The first time I went to AA or AA (laughs) (laughs) and I went with my friend and I brought my daughter and she had to go to the bathroom. So I stood up and walked her to the bathroom. And after the AA meeting, this woman went up to me and was like, Hey, don't come. If you have to bring your kid, you're ruining it for everyone. And I just started bawling. And I went back to AA one other time when my friend who who has a great sobriety story she's been sober for years through AA um, but I went back one other time and I saw my friend and I was like oh man I haven't seen him in so long and the next day unfortunately he OD'd so I'm like I just I think mentally I was like okay AA can't be for me because I had those experiences that I know don't happen for everyone but uh, that was just rough. We had like five friends o d at the same time, so I think I was just like i I can't go back. I just associated it with those, even though that's that might not be fair all the way. um, so the second time I decided to try it through a mentor in like quitlet um so i that's when I first made like a sobriety Instagram, I guess. And I just love the, the sober online community. It's all like girl power and great. And they were so helpful and like keeping me like on track and things like that. But I didn't really have any real life sobriety friends, I guess. So, you know, like I said, after that hundred days, it was just I was working again. I was a single mom at the time and just trying to get through my work day. And like, I worked with a bunch of 20 year olds that like wanted to like go out for drinks after. Um, so I just got sucked back into that lifestyle. So I don't think I never really had like a true sobriety coach or anything. It was just people I reached out to online and quit lit is my favorite thing. I love books. Um, I think books are great. I think there are so many good stories, so many like good, um, authors out there that really helped like i don't know there's a ton um i read this book it's called sober as fuck and she's like a hairdresser and i was a hairdresser at the time and so like that one i was like "Ooh, i like this book and then i was like oh my gosh there's more books like this like i was i didn't know people wrote about that or like had stories like mine um but i i noticed each time i only stopped drinking like i wasn't really working on myself I just was like okay no drinking I'm just not gonna drink alcohol and that didn't work for me and this last time I was like I was like why do I keep going back like I didn't really say hey I'm not gonna drink again I was just like I don't want to drink today and then I was like why don't I want to drink today oh it makes me feel this way and then I started going to therapy and working on myself and like trying to recover and I realized you cannot be sober without recovering you can't recover without being sober I think they're sisters, I think they're best friends, I think you need both to be successful at whatever your relationship with us with alcohol, because, like, some people may not be like me, they might not want to be completely sober, they might be, they might still want to smoke or, like, you know, drink in moderation, whatever it may be it is completely fine, but I really think you need to focus on recovering more than anything, because you need, you know, you need your mental health is like the gateway drug of everything. You really need to make sure you're taking care of that. If you want to level up your life in other
0: areas. Oh, absolutely. So to what you first said about AA, uh, I had a horrible (laughs) experience. (laughs) And I um, was really like, mildly traumatized from my experience. And literally never went back. Now, a lot of my story is, is a lot different than most people's story. So I was in jail for four months. The day I turned myself in and went to jail is my sober date. So it took me a couple of years to even want to celebrate it. And then basically I got out of jail and slowly integrated like people back into my life. And every single person told me I needed to go to AA. And it was really upsetting because I'm just like, I did a lot of work by myself, because the system doesn't do anything for you while I was in jail. And then when I got out of jail, I knew I just had to keep a routine. And then as long as I kept a routine, I would be okay. But really like my, that day, I, I never wanted to drink again. I haven't wanted to drink since that day. So it's, it's kind of different, but I think it's because I went to like that root of the problem. Like I sat there and I was like, this is emotional for me. Like I'm doing it because of how I'm feeling and because of what happened to me when I was a kid and because of like all these different things and because I got divorced and it reminded me of my parents' divorce and that's what triggered me to be an alcoholic, you know? So Mm -hmm. it got to this place that when I got home, I didn't need to. And one of my sister-in-laws would tell like everyone else in the family, well, oh, if she doesn't have a chip, she's not really sober. I literally told my mom, I'm like, mom, I could walk into an AA meeting, get a chip and walk the fuck out and literally get wasted. I'm like, that shit means nothing if there's nothing behind it. And I said, look, I had this really horrible experience after my second time. And I just, everybody in the room was so much older than me. It was like, God blasted like thousand percent. And I'm just like, (laughs) I can't do this. Like, I believe in God. But like when people get like that about religion, I get extremely turned off. And like, it's just, I can't handle it. And so I was like, they were trying to like say that, so I believe that there is something that leads you to a path, right? I do not believe that that same thing is responsible for your sobriety. That is absolutely 100% not true. So, and I did a lot of hard work to like get to that point. And like, I honestly took it like personally when they were like saying these things. So, um, so I just kind of moved on and I didn't go back and I didn't mm-hmm. go back, but I was like, I knew I had to do something and I felt like the step work was really important. So I did get a book. So I'm very into reading as well. So I got a book by Russell Brand and I it was a step workbook and um it wasn't like a workbook, but he kinda like just explained everything and I did all the 12 steps through that book by myself. Okay. I, I know exactly what book you're yep, talking yep. about because I did that same <laughs> Yeah. And and I did it all by myself. And I said, you know what? Me being sober is the only thing that matters. And if somebody doesn't support me then I don't need to have them in here. But I also at month eight started therapy. And as soon as I did that, like what you were explaining is called emotional sobriety. And I did that and I went through that. And I think that's why my journey isn't difficult anymore. And I feel horrible saying that. Like, I always feel so bad. And I always tell my husband, I'm like, I just feel bad that it's easy for me, but it's easy because I did all the hard things first. Like I went through two years of hell and horrible, like trying to fix myself before I can live this life every day and not have things happen to me and have me want to go and get wasted, you know, and I created these coping mechanisms that didn't involve a substance. So I completely agree with what you're saying. I think that books are the most important thing. And literally people have no excuse because there is a library app that you can get audiobooks on. You can get also, (laughs) you go to the library, you don't need money. And so, and I would give that Russell Brand book to anybody if they asked me for it absolutely yeah. anybody and my only thing would be give it to another sober person like that would be my only thing just if you're gonna give it away give it to somebody but that book is every chip to me it w- I would probably buy somebody a book before giving that book away <laughs> I was just like hey what's your address I'm just gonna mail it to you <laughs> it's so important to me like and at mm-hmm. the time that I went through that he just released the book and he had a podcast so he was doing like all of that at the same time so I kind of like went with him and then he kind of got crazy and I stopped listening to the podcast, but he's like, he has, if you can funnel out like his craziness and focus on like what he says about being clean, he's a genius. Like, I agree. he is just like, he is just like the best thing ever. So now this time where we're we're at like your last sober date, start mm-hmm. date what have you done? Like, so you done therapy and did you do, so we read the same book. Did you do the steps through the book? Like do the step work or did you read the book and kind of go, okay, I'm here. Okay. This is done. Okay. I kind of have done this. Or how did, how did that book go for you?
1: So that book I actually read the first time I tried to get sober. So I guess I did it, but it was kind of like a, at the end, I was like, I did this work. Like I'm fine. Um, And this time it was so it's so like weird this time because it was my sobriety was very like unexpected to me I guess because I always knew I had like a problem especially the last like year or two before ugh, I got divorced I was in like a short-term relationship that broke up and it like wrecked my soul <laughs> so um I just knew I knew I wasn't respecting myself. I knew I needed more. And I was so mentally sick. Like I was hospitalized for my anxiety. I was just so mentally not right. I was getting off my anxiety medicine and I was just like a feeling everything without any blockage for the first time in a long time. And I was like, wow, like I am so sick. How am I going to go out and do these things? Like I need to take care of myself. So I kind of, I guess really did some self-reflection even before I went to therapy for the first like three months I was so the hundred days because <laughs> I was scared I, I was like oh once I get a hundred days I'm gonna like yeah like, I, like, in there um where like every day I was like okay did I want to drink today did I actually want to drink today how would have drinking how would have like drinking supported this day? How would it have affected this day? Um, do I actually have the money to drink? Do I actually wanna be with the people I'm drinking with? Is this healthy for me? Is this gonna help my health problems that I'm having? Is this gonna be supportive to my parenting? And if the answer was yes on any of those questions, I would, or like, you know, vice versa, <laughs> um, I would have let myself drink, but the answer was always no. So I went through this mental checklist and I had a journal of the checklist for the first like six months I was sober and that checklist was great I I feel like recovery is so individualized and customizable and I think you have to like take a step back and see what's going to work for you because obviously AA it didn't work for either of us it might work for someone and that's great but it might not I think QuitLit, Lit like you said probably the best tool out there however if you don't like to read if you don't like listening to audiobooks you know, there might be another route for you. I think hiring coaches is great if you think you need that. I think going to treatment centers is great if you think you need that. But I think if you don't sit down with yourself and like see what you really want, how you're going to recover, why you want to recover, what you recovery is going to look like for you, um, then I think nothing will work.
0: (laughs) And all of those (laughs) things you mentioned have to have something that comes after it. It's not like you can't be in a treatment center forever and have them run your life and you can't depend on somebody else. And that's, uh, I see that a lot. And it it hurts my feel like it hurts my feelings, even though like it has nothing to do with me, but it bothers me because I, my husband's sober.
1: Mm-hmm. We met
0: and we were each sober. I was sober for a little over a year. I just celebrated a few months before my year and my husband had been sober for like six months. So it was really, I, I kind of, I didn't want to do what I did on the past. Cause I was like a people pleaser and like my life was just about this person because I just wanted to make like their life the easiest. And so for me, I needed it to be like 50, 50, I needed like this other person to let me be who I wanted to be. And I learned how my therapist, amazing therapist, she taught me how to be by myself. And when I was an addict, all I did and all I wanted to do was drink with other people until like the end, I was drinking by myself. And I needed that social interaction because I physically, like, it was so exhausting to me to be social, but I had, I was considered an extrovert type of person and now I'm hundred percent introverted. So it's like, you have to find that right balance, whether it's in a friendship, anything. And I just think community is so important, even if it's somebody you've never met. Like, Mm. I don't think it has to be somebody like, would it be great to have, like, a sober friend, like, near you? Absolutely. I don't have one except my husband. Mm-hmm. No. And, yeah. and so it was rough because I had a community of, like, people that supported me. But I also, for the first, like, two years, walked on eggshells. Like, if I messed a text up, I would freak the fuck out and be like, I'm not drunk. Like, I probably, like, it was triggering for me because that's that's how, like, my friends would know. Like, my best friend would be like. I could tell because of how you were texting that you were drunk last night or whatever. So I would like freak out and be like, I didn't do this on purpose. Like, and so it took a while to get out of these patterns and being by yourself is an extremely hard thing to do when you've never done it before. When you don't like solitude, it's very difficult to be in solitude with any, anyone. Like when you're in solitude for X amount of time, it's just, somebody can go into their thoughts and do really crazy things, which is why a lot of people relapse during COVID because they had to be by themselves. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't know how to be by themselves. So it's like turning off your phone for, you know, a couple hours at a time and just reading a book and focusing on that book. Um, Somebody I found super helpful. I don't know if you've read her too, is Brene Brown. She is like my favorite ever. Mm -hmm. And she, I read a book. It's a hundred page book. It's it took me a day to read. And it was about how to set boundaries with people. And it was like the best thing ever. And she had a Netflix special that just came out and it kind of like went with the book and it was the best thing ever. And it's like, we need these things that we need to find different ways to do so many different things. And also we feel differently. Like I feel differently. Like I can't, <laughs> like I was a, an emotional drinker. So when emotional things happen, I isolate and shut down because that's what I did in my recovery. So like mm-hmm. in the beginning of my recovery, that's what I did. So I just like kind of shut down and can't deal with anything. Like, I'm like, no, I'm good. So um, it's just a crazy cycle. And people don't understand that it's so easy for somebody to be like, i eh, will find a community, but you need to find, you need to have like who wants to be rejected if they message somebody and they don't message you back <laughs> and, you know, all these different types of things. So it's important to find these things. And it's just hard in this time to really find people whose intentions are what they should be, instead of people just trying to take advantage of people and do different things. So I think it's just really great. So now what now what the Instagram that you have now, when did you start that? So I the Retired Party Girl actually this it's
1: kind of like a weird story. So that I didn't like make this following. Like this page was really supportive to my own like sobriety. Um, And there's like memberships and all these things. And I remember there was this amazing, her name's Tori. She's amazing. She's a therapist and focusing on that and getting married and has all these great things in her life. And she just wasn't like aligning with um, like what sobriety meant to like all these people following her. So I reached out to her and she was like one of my mentors. Um, We did like coaching together. She seriously so brilliant in the way she explains things and finds all these supportive um I guess like ways to help people who are struggling um and I kind of got like grandfathered into retired party girl so I guess that Instagram's kind of uh, it's kind of like a weird I
0: don't know yeah I feel like- it's yeah it was like a passed on like you inherited yeah. it yeah
1: yeah, so it's kind of weird because now I'm in this position where I really feel like like I I coach people I guess you know almost every day going through sobriety, but like being in this position, it's kind of crazy because I have some people who are like, oh, you're not Tory. <laughs> like you aren't. Serious. Like oh, I'm not trying to be her. I just I respect the fact that sober Instagram helps me a lot. Um, sober." online friends helped me a lot and I think you know I think this space is too sacred and helpful and educational and resourceful to to kind of waste and especially to people recovering so I think Tori recognized that and she's so grateful I talk to her anytime I'm like struggling or if I get like a mean message because my feelings get hurt (laughs) Um, and she's so great um so yeah, the Instagram, it's, that's kind of like a, it's in a weird transitional phase. Um, I'm really hoping to get back to make it a, just a safe place where people can share their sober stories. We have like a discord chat. So if people are like, oh, like I'm struggling today with this, this, or this, we have a lot of categories and that's, it, it there is nothing better than being able to vent about things with other sober people or sober, curious people who have the same struggles as you and like have people that actually understand. Like that is a huge, a huge, huge, huge like blessing to the sober community. I love discord chats. they're my faith. I think, yeah, so I think there's a lot of like good things about sober Instagram. It's just the way I kind of inherited it is is weird. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's really important though. And it's really cool. And to kind of relate to Tori a little bit, um, a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people go through this phase and open this Instagram, I think, for accountability and to help other people when they get to a point where they don't want to live in that anymore and they have to move through that. And some people stay and they can transition it. Like I have another sober page and I've transitioned that into something else and mm-hmm. every single person has stayed, and that's great. But then there's, you know, other people who like they have this and they've created this community. But it seems like Troy didn't want to let that go, and she trusted you with that, which I think is a a huge thing. It's a big deal, and I think that it's horrible that some people are mean. But it's also good to remember that it's something with them and it's not you. Yeah, you know what I mean and, because it's yeah, that's horrible.
1: I think there's been more good than mean. I think it's just those couple people are the ones that like stick with you sometimes. And I just don't want, it's such like a transitional thing too, because I don't want it to be about me. I think the retired party girl is just, it's, it's all of us as retired party girls. Like it's all of us just looking to kind of create this life without alcohol or without alcohol being our main focus. And I think, that is so important I think being inclusive in the sober community whether where it's not like you're only having one drink on Tuesday so you can't be a part of our group like (laughs) no you know like even if you're drinking full-time and you just need like resources Mm -hmm. or a reminder that it's okay to skip a drink like that's fine I think it's just really important to be heard and I think
0: I think this space gives people a chance to be heard absolutely. And that's a way for you to be of service, which is so yes. important in sobriety is like, you have mm-hmm. all of these things and you have all of these things you learned and you have all of these things under your belt. And why would you want to keep that all to yourself? when you could help another human being, you know, whether, like exactly. you said, like having this chat where it's, everybody can hop in this chat. It's not only sober people. It's not, oh my God, this is so triggering, which people use is that people use that word way too easily now. And I think Thanks that it's stuff. yeah, it's just so important and it creates a, a service opportunity for you, which I think is great.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think it's not
0: I think some people just get like it's a weird phase, you know.
1: <laughs> um, so I think some people I just I just want to reiterate like it's that space definitely isn't about me at all. I just want to help and create resources and make it um, you know, a a good place to have in your toolbox and i get i talk to people every day constantly i mean you've just said you do too like my dms are always open and full and i make sure i respond to them all because you need a friend when you're sober even if they're an internet friend yep so i i just love like the acceptance that i have got is is really great so i'm hoping big things are coming um i'm working on like rebranding and making it easier to kind
0: of get those resources that we all need. So that's amazing. So now tell everybody one more time what handle that is on Instagram. Um it's the retired party girl. Perfect. And that'll all be in the notes, so if anybody wants to do that and when I promote everything on Instagram, that handle will also be there, so it'll be easy for you to kind of just click and follow along. Now, would somebody if they wanted to get into these chats, would somebody just send you a message and say, "Hey, I heard you on this podcast. I'm really interested in that. Can you join? Can I add this group? Would that just be an easy thing? Perfect. Yeah, it's
1: really easy. I post them in my story probably once a week just so like people have them. But anytime someone DMs me or if they have problems, I always give it to them too. Um, There's there's a quitlet section, a mocktail section, because sometimes I like, you know, making my own mocktails without sugar. And sometimes I want a fancy mocktail with any tequila because- (laughs) <laughs> tequila never tastes good and yeah, yeah. it's na yeah. doesn't <laughs> but it it's like i like i don't know i like that stuff like i like having an na margarita and then it's showing other people and like getting all these new recipes um new books coming out there's a place to complain there's a place where we like celebrate everyone's accomplishments in a place where we just invent sometimes about our significant other and sometimes about
0: breakfast. <laughs> so yeah it's, i love it's it it's great Oh, my God. I think that's so amazing. Katrina, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait until everybody else can hear just the goodness that we had in this conversation. And thank you so much for just being so open and honest. Let everybody out there know, like, it's not always easy to do that. You're putting yourself literally just up there for everybody to see. So I just want to thank you again for coming on the show.
1: No problem. I'm happy. This was fun. It was therapeutic for me. So
0: I loved it perfect (laughs) yes that is why I created this space so awesome (laughs)